where it was a sense of community of connectedness and mentoring, right? It was just adults having healthy relationships with kids, kids having healthy relationships with adults. Like, I mean, it was just this environment that I grew up that centered around the big red truck experience. And so I get to drive the big red truck now. Authentic on air with Bruce Alexander. Uh, my guest today is Derek Sear, and I don't know if he knows this, but I have parasitically turned him into a mentor. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about more about Derek in just a minute. A brief intro. So my wife told me podcast listeners want to get right into subject matter. More often than not, my wife is at least more right than me. So I will be brief. <clears throat> the, a previous conversation with my guest led to today's reflection. Are you still being authentic if you make small value concessions to achieve your goals? So this is not about right or wrong. I just want to give people the opportunity to challenge themselves to, and grow closer to their own identity. I know how to answer this question for me, but for you to benefit, I encourage you to really visualize and role play with your solutions and sit genuinely with your feelings. I would love to hear any interesting, surprising, or revelational insights uncovered, so you can hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, or LinkedIn at Authentic Identity Management. I first connected with Derek during the process of revamping a Children's Fire Ed program, and we sat down to figure out if it made any sense to work together. I found out pretty quickly that was a no, because I had a budget of zero dollars, but I also figured out that his enthusiasm, optimism, and motivation were beyond inspirational. I needed this guy in my top five. So I bided my time, stayed in contact, and all but stalked him until the time was right. And for the last three months or so, he has been elevating my level of thinking through conversation, and I could not be more thankful to share my podcast stage with Derek Sear. Welcome, Derek. <sighs> I, there is no pause button. Wait, is there? Wait, you have one? Yes, it's oh. somewhere. You're going to hit one. It's going to be like, wah, 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 wah. No, that, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show, man. I appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. I'm really excited. It's still, it's still playing. It sounds like okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna pull these off now. I don't need to hear my voice anymore. Um, I'm really excited to have you. Like, yeah, man. We were we were talking a little bit already. It was already a great conversation. I'm like, I gotta actually introduce a show. We had to stop it. She was like, wait, wait, wait. Pause the good conversation to start the conversation. Yes. All right, go. <laughs> I know, right? So um, for those who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, and what your listeners might be get to know you for. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a guy that absolutely loves community. I love connection. Um, and uh, I, I've tried to find several different ways to explain what I do or my heart's desire for my city and my community. And one way that I've recently described it is I want to reach from one side of the city and I want to reach across to the other side of the city. And like Spider-Man, I want to pull these two pieces together that probably would have never connected had I not been in the middle. Mm. Um, and I think there's lots of people, there's lots of organizations, there's lots of connections to be made that are not happening. Oklahoma City is so siloed. I'm not sure if you listeners know that we're here in Oklahoma City. It's such a big landmass city that it allows for people to be 
um, segregated, oh, or siloed, right? 640 square miles. I mean, that's large. Mm. That's large. And when you think about Oklahoma City, like proper, being, I think it's under 750,000 people. Mm -hmm. That means that your people to land ratio just allows people to group up on sides of the city and they never have to leave. I mean, the edges of the city, when they begin to develop, they get their own grocery stores, they get their own entertainment, they get their own. In fact, you could probably live in Northwest Oklahoma City and never leave. You could probably live in Southside and never leave because everything is there. And so what I want to do is I want to reach across the sides of the city. I want to pull things together and get people connecting and having conversations that they probably wouldn't have had unless there was a Spider-Man in the middle. Mm -hmm. And those conversations are around connection, around community, and around mentoring. Uh, and so I'm a connector, I'm a mentor, uh, and I'm a community guy. If I had to wrap everything that I did professionally, socially, uh, spiritually, individually, uh, it would it would fall in one of three, if not all three of those things. So why? Yeah. Why do you Why do you want to be Spider Man? Yeah. So I, uh, ironically, um, I was uh, I did a podcast uh, with this guy named Gregory Coleman. Um, his name's Hetty out of Guthrie. Has a pretty cool podcast as well. And um, and he put me on uh, to this this. Uh, it wasn't like a panel. I was a presenter, and the topic was community. And whenever I get an opportunity to talk about community, I, I can't talk about community and my love for people without talking about my dad. And I can't talk about my dad without talking about the big red truck. Okay. And the big red truck goes like this. My dad, uh, when I was uh, probably 10, 11, 12 years old, during the summer, um, he would drive his uh, this big red truck and he would uh, go down, uh, we said North Tulsa, and so... Uh, once you got to like the 50s, you knew you was almost in Turley. Right. Anybody that's from, from Tulsa know about Turley. There's this gap in between like uh, uh, central downtown where it's Admiral and then you got all the way to Turley and everything is considered the north side. And so you knew once you got in the 50s that you was getting close to Turley. Turley was like 56, 57, 58. We stayed on 52nd. So my dad would take his big red truck and he'd go down 50th Street. He'd honk, my mom, the kids would come piling out or the houses, they have these backpacks and these bags of clothes, and my dad would just pile them up. He took them down to the community center, and he did that for 50, 51st, 52nd, 53rd, 54th, 55th, and he would just go up and down the street, honking on, and people would come out and take them up there. He would wash the clothes, feed them, teach them a sport, let them play, things like that. And then at the end of the night, after he had worked a full day, worked about 3 or 4 o'clock, and then the kids from about 3 to 4 to about 6, he would drop them back off, and we would go home. And we would sit in the driveway and we'd talk about all the good things that happened that day. Keep in mind, I'm 10, 11, 12 years yeah. old. I'm sitting in the passenger seat watching my dad love on kids, love on families, use the community center. He also drove uh, the school bus for Tulsa Public Schools. He also drove the church van for our church. Man. My dad was just an active dude. And I remember him saying one day before we got the car, he said, son, one day you're going to be driving the big red truck, the big red truck. You wow. are going to be driving. You're going to be carrying on the legacy of community and kids. And I remember my dad, he was this, this big guy, and um, he, he was he was uh, three-quarter Creek Indian. He had this long hair, and he had this cigarette that would just be stuck to his lips. So whenever he talked, that cigarette would be flapping. He had these little snapback hats. And I just remember him being in the driver's seat just looking over at me and, and looking into, like, past my eyes, like, into my heart and my soul, saying, one day... You're going to be driving a big red truck. So I remember turning 16. My birthday is in July. So it's in the summer. I remember going to get my license and coming home and my dad got off work. And uh, I remember him beating me out to the truck. 
uh, and he was in the passenger seat, and he was like, son, it's your turn. Ooh. At 16. That's a moment. To drive the big red truck. Wow. And so I get, I'm in the driver's seat, I'm honking the horn, and kids are piling out there, hopping in the back of the truck, and I'm doing the same thing my dad did for years in North Tulsa. So when you ask me why, man, I didn't see anything else, brother. Wow. I don't even know if I had a choice. Man. I remember just watching my dad love on kids, high five kids, hug kids, get in their face, put his finger in their chest, disciplining them, loving them, knowing their parents, knowing their family, sitting on the porch, watering his grass, you know, with that cigarette hanging from his lip. You know, kids running up and down the street, hey, Mr. Sir, hey, Tanya, hey, Mr. Sir. He was just such a community guy that I didn't see anything else. I didn't, I didn't know there was another world where people didn't help people. Wow. And you grew up in North Tulsa, there's this interweb of like dependency, and so you talk about growing up, going next door, asking people for butter and right. sugar. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, all the tea being spilled from elementary school, like from where I was at, from my school was to walking home. People knowing that I got in trouble. You know, people knowing that I ain't supposed to be outside playing basketball yet. People know, you know, like just right. things like that, where it was a sense of community of connectedness and mentoring. Right. It was just adults having healthy relationships with kids, kids having healthy relationships with adults like I mean, it was just this environment that I grew up that centered around the big red truck experience. And so I get to drive the big red truck now. And I get to drive it to all 50 states and 12 districts. I get to drive it around the, I was in, I was in Bulgaria on a stage talking about the big red truck, talking about my dad wow. and his love for community. That's a whole story by itself. Yeah, that is that. We but, did not cover that. Yeah, we'll, we can come back to it. But that's my why, man. Wow. My why is I grew up seeing it. I grew up seeing the benefit of it, the value in it. And I feel like we're becoming so individualistic and so um, like we we focus on our differences so much more than we do our similarities. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to pull people together from the edges of the city and like, yo, look, we are alike. You care about family. You care about God. You care about community. You want to eat. You want to live. You want to thrive. The way that we do it is different. But if we can get around the places where we're similar then the differences can exist, but they don't pull us away, mm -hmm. right? I think differences are important. Absolutely. I think they add value and color and variety to our communities, but I think we have to ha have that overlap where people, um, they find the, the commonalities instead of differences. We can't focus on the differences. When we do, that's all we'll see. I, you know, I totally agree. Like my whole thing is about being special you know, about everybody having the power within their uniqueness. Uh -huh. But that doesn't preclude being part of something bigger. Yeah, I agree. And, and, Ooh, that's good. Yeah, and community has, I mean, it has taken the backseat big time. But I'm, I'm a big fan of what you're, what you're talking about right now. I, I love, like, well, let's go back a little bit. Yeah. So the day that, you know, you got your license mm -hmm. and you drove, and what did that feel like? Yeah, that was a... You know, it's almost like um, when I turned 18, and my dad uh, uh, he didn't give me a he didn't give me a, a birthday present. My present from my dad, from my dad, was two dollars and sixteen cents. And I got to go down to the the local corner store and buy my dad a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my gift. That my dad's gift to me was here's two dollars. And 16 cents, right? And I need you to go buy me some Salem Lights 100, the, the shorts. Don't give me the longs. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> that was his gift. My, my dad's gift to me was um, was getting upset when I drove, when I, uh, when I cut the front yard and the lines 
weren't straight. He made me go back and cut them again. That was my dad's gift to me. My dad's gift to me was before I, I got to use a powered weed eater, I edged our front yard up with a shovel. Ooh. That was my dad's gift to me. My dad's gift to me was giving me $5 a tire for helping detail cars. My dad had a detailing business as well. He would go through, and this is when the Daytons were big with all the spokes. Mm -hmm. And so cleaning those tires was hard. It was miserable, miserable. And my, my dad taught me, that was, that was my dad's gift to me. He, my dad was very affectionate, and he loved me, and he was generous. But me driving that big red truck on that day, my dad's gift to me was learning how to serve my community. That was his gift. So, so it was much less like a, a coronation and much more like this is, this is your duty. Yeah, it's like a rite of passage. Have you, have you seen um, 300? I have. The movie 300? Love and it. they're talking about um, King Leonidas. Mm -hmm. And they're telling his, his, almost his origin story. And there's this part where he's, or a spoiler alert for those of you that have not seen I feel like Listen, you've had like 20 You're past your limit. You, uh, what sorry, is it called? Something was. Satchel Limitations. you are past your Satchel Limitations. You had time to see it, that gum. That's not my fault. You should still watch it, even with the spoiler. You should Absolutely. Still do it. Well, that's this part where he, he's talking about um, at this point in time, they kick the kids out and they have to survive on their own. Yeah. And he's in the snow, and he just had on this little loincloth with his spear, and this wolf comes across, and like he does this whole, this whole thing. But when he comes back to the, the, the people, he's wearing the wolf skin. Mm -hmm. Oof. Yeah. Listen, he's wearing the wolf skin. So to me, it's like this rite of passage that doesn't deserve this. The clouds don't need to part. You know what I'm saying? We don't need to have a, a bunch of people there to be like, Derek is 16, there's driving a big red truck. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. When you see me in the street wearing that big red truck, mm -hmm. like this wolf skin, you know I've arrived. Wow. I don't need to say anything. Wow. Hey, don't, ain't that James's truck? Who's driving the truck? Ain't that Tank's truck? Oh, that's Lil Tank. That's dead. Like, you, I don't need to say nothing. Wow. You know when you see me behind the wheel, a big red truck, I, listen, I don't need the music to play. I don't need the mayor to come out. I don't need the key of the city because people know when they see that big red truck, it comes with honor. It comes with respect. It comes with love. It comes with compassion. It comes with life. With everything that I want the big red truck and community and Derek Sire, my last name, my family to stand for, when you see me, you know what happened. When you see Leonidas wearing the wolf skin, you know what happened. How do you not have a red truck? I saw what you pulled up into and I was yeah. a big red truck. So here's the thing. Here's a, here's a bad thing. I've never been a fan of big cars. If you gave me a billion dollars right now, if you gave me, if you said, Derek, I want you to pick any car, we'll maintain it for free, just bring it back in every 90 days, we'll just, if I, if there was no limit, none, I'm gonna drive me a Mini Coupe. Man, you're, you're not a Mini, you know, you're not Mini Coupe size. I, I'm not a Mini Coupe size. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely I'm not a Mini Coupe size, so I'm not, like, I'm not saying that. Thing, but. but I love I love being able to like whip into small spaces mm -hmm. and park. I love being the guy when you're at Walmart and you make that wide turn out to pull in that parking spot and then you realize, dang it, it's a little car there. Oh my like, god! I, I love being that guy. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we can't actually be friends. We're gonna leave right now. Say podcast over. Podcast over. In. No, okay, so that I love the mini the little cars, man. I'm driving a Kia Soul right now. I'm actually looking out the window for those of you that are not on the YouTube channel. Yeah. I'm actually looking out the window at my car right now. And that car has two hundred and seventeen thousand miles on it. I've driven it 
across the country. That's bro. good. Thank you from Florida. I've driven that to Kentucky. I've driven that up to um, uh, Montana, um, out to Arizona. Uh, that car got miles on it, baby. Wow. It's loyal. So go. So going back to the uh, driving big red truck. Yeah. Before you switched up with the key, how long did you like actively drive for your dad? Did you uh, did you do that for a period and then? you know, move out and do your own thing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, um, the bigger truck took, took a turn. It became less physical and more uh, metaphorical absolutely. or symbolic, right? And so... Had to get bigger. Yeah, well, and dad... You need a bigger vehicle, literally. And, yeah, and dad left, right? Mm -hmm. So so he took the truck with him. Yes. <laughs> and so um, dad, um, around 16, 17 years old, uh, he and my wife, uh, he, my, he and his wife, my mother, split. Mm -hmm. And so um, service just took a little, it took a turn for him. Mm -hmm. um, and then when kids get older and their interests change, right, the involvement of parent changes as well. Absolutely. Right? And so where um, there's this phase where I thought my parents, the universe centered around my parents. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in some way it does as far as like their approval and me wanting to make sure that, you know, they are pleased and that they're proud parents is an element of that. Um, there's also a part where um, this is establishing independence. And so in that phase, I don't know whether it's 12, 13, 14, where it's like, mom, like that, you know, that, that phase going into 18, 19, where you feel like you've grown, where you know just enough yeah. to be on your own, but you really don't know anything. You really have not learned anything no, yet. <laughs> absolutely nothing. I'm going through that phase with my daughter right now, but just thinking about um, that the way that it took a different turn. And so I went from actually driving the truck to driving the van for the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club. Mm -hmm. So I transitioned from um, that level of community stuff to Salvation Army, to University of Central Oklahoma, being in Iowa, being at OU, uh, doing community stuff with the church, doing stuff through um, the oil and gas organization I work for, just being active in all these different ways. So the truck has taken on more of a metaphorical form. Okay, I'm gonna pause for just a minute. Yeah. I need to check something, but don't go anywhere. I was wondering if those guys are going to be loud in the playback. What the hell? Also, if we have a fly slaughter, we don't have one in here. Or a roll of paper, or... I love the place. Is this like a green room? I love the sunroom. Sunroom? Sun room. Sun room. Yeah. Ooh, God. Ooh, God. this morning sound check even pre-recorded to make sure it was recording <clears throat> and then I figured out that only this one does power like only this mm -hmm. port so I mean it works wirelessly mm -hmm. but it's like needs to charge I was like okay I thought it was charging the whole time so I just switched ports thinking that it's gonna be exactly the same yeah Apparently. oh man that's so embarrassing let's circle back then we are oh that's so it was so good <laughs> it was so good oh 
Yo, did we at least get the video? Yeah, we did get the video. Hey, uh, let me before I go. <laughs> let me celebrate. Uh, man, I'm just not surprised, honestly. But yes, we do have the video. Hey yo! If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and check out earlier episodes as well to support the future creation of great content. Follow at Authentic Identity Management on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, or LinkedIn. And if you're struggling to show up as yourself in your content, your brand, or your life, I would love to help you. Authentic Identity Management does brand coaching to help you align yourself with the identity you share with the world. It's exhausting to live someone else's life. Live authentically and access the potential that belongs only to you. Contact me on social or email me at bruce at authenticidentitymanagement.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Until next time, be yourself, love yourself. Bye.